0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke, I will show you what someone is like who comes to me, hears my words and acts on them. That one is like a man building a house who dug deeply and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood arose, the river burst against that house but could not shake it, because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not act is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the river burst against it, immediately it fell, and great was the ruin of that house. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Holy Trinity, one God, amen. Well, this is really an auspicious weekend. It's as though uh, everything wonderful that could happen is come together on one weekend. Our presiding bishop came on Friday to meet with the clergy of the diocese. And we had a wonderful couple of hours with her. Unfortunately, she had a death in the family, so was not able to be the chief consecrator yesterday at the glorious consecration of our new bishop, Alan Gates, the 16th Bishop of the Diocese of Massachusetts. And what a glorious occasion that was. Uh, There were 28 bishops present for the consecration. There was a choir of 450. Uh, The bishop referred to it as the Episcopal Tabernacle Choir. And we had just a wonderful time. There were close to 20, I think about 20 of our own choir who were a part of that great celebration. And then, of course, today for us, we have finally come to the point where we're going to be able to break ground for our new parish house. I can't tell you how thankful I am for this day. And perhaps like some of you, I wondered if it would ever come. So we have much for which to be thankful. A new bishop who will serve us very well. Everyone I've spoken to who knows Bishop Allen speaks so highly of him. A man with a a heart for people. In fact, it seems that one of his strongest gifts is pastoral ministry, which may be very hard for him to give up as he becomes more of an administrator. And perhaps the most pointed aspect of all of yesterday and of of the days that are ahead of us is the reality that our beloved Bishop Tom is uh, very sick of incurable brain cancer. So yesterday was bittersweet, but we rejoice in the reality that God loves and cares for all of us, both in the difficult times and in the wonderful times. Well, one of the things that I have learned in my spiritual journey is that I need to be careful what I ask not to happen. <laughs> the first time that I became aware of this, we were in the port of LA on one of the cruise ships for an event. And after the event, Lou and I were returning to our home, which was in further down in Southern California. But as we drove out of the port, on the right hand side, were all the refineries, and the fire coming up out as the gas is, you know, uh, is going off on the on the the uh, pumpers, and there were also refineries there, and there were big storage facilities, and it, it looked really uh, unearthly in a way. And then we looked up over on the left-hand side, and there were sparkling lights of the houses that were on the hillside. And I said to Lou, I cannot imagine how anybody could live there and have to look over at this. Well, a few years later, we bought a home right there. (laughs) The second thing that happened was the realization, of course, that I never wanted to be involved in a building program. (laughs) Lou and I have been active members of 12 Episcopal churches uh, as a result of our moving in the Air Force. Not one of them had a building program. So after I'm ordained, I come to South Dakota for my first parish, and soon it became obvious that what they needed was an elevator, an access project, because it was clear that there were people in the congregation who were important to the congregation who couldn't get to the undercroft to take part in the hospitality. So uh, we talked about that, and in the course of that, I, I realized the irony of all of it was that Our congregation was made up of quite a number of former UCC people who had come from the church in the next block, and they had come because they objected to the elevator project. (laughs) So we had a great deal of prayer around all of that. The thing that I want to raise up about that is that, as you heard in this gospel, the building of the house on a foundation has to do with hearing God and acting on it. They heard God speak to them about the people who were being left out from the hospitality and that something had to be done and they acted on it. And the people that acted on it were the lay leadership of that congregation, the ones who said to the others, this is something we need to do. And they did it and they did it with very little turmoil at all. Well, then I came to Trinity and I realized that we probably had some work to do together, but it was pretty unclear what that would be. So a couple of years after I had been in place, we started a, a planning project, long, a long range plan. And out of that came the master plan that we still have and that we work within and use as a reference. But as we had opportunities for listening and for talking about what's really important in the life of our parish, it became clear to us that our first priority was to replace the the parish house. Now, if you think about it, for those of you who are new here who have not really experienced that parish house, as some of us have, it, it was really inadequate for us. It wasn't a large enough parish hall. The offices were pretty bad. If you if you were in in Becky's office on a cold day with the wind out of the northeast, the blinds would move a little bit. (laughs) It was a sieve. I mean, if you are concerned at all about carbon footprint, this had a huge carbon footprint. So it became clear that if we were serious about hospitality and if we were serious about providing space for us as a congregation to grow in our ministry, It was important for us to have a new parish house. Once again, someone, some many people here heard God speak, heard God calling this congregation to do something. And the wonderful thing is that you did it. And as I think back about the many possibilities for things to have gone really badly, God was so good to us. We hung together, and even when there were differences, we stayed together, we talked with each other, we talked through those differences, and we decided on something that we all thought would be good for us as a congregation. So we have a lot to celebrate today. I'm convinced that we are building on a strong foundation. Part of that foundation, though, are all of those people who have gone before us, People who had a vision for this and who acted on it. They heard God and they acted on it. And before them, we must never forget the women of this town, the Episcopal women, who knew that there needed to be a church, Episcopal church in Concord. And they were the ones that got it going. They had heard God and they acted on it. I am so thankful that all of you have heard God. And you've acted. We have so much to celebrate. There is so much before us. Yesterday, uh, Bishop Mark Holland, and I know Hollingsworth, and I know some of you know uh, Bishop Mark from the time that he was at St. Anne's in Lincoln. He was the rector there. He preached yesterday at the consecration. And it was uh, one of the best sermons I think I've heard because he had to deal with the joy that we all had for this new bishop and also the pain that we also felt for the loss of of Tom. And he got through that in just a, a beautiful way, holding us all together, reminding us of the love of God and how God cares for us through all of that. And in his sermon, he said that all of the celebrations of the church are celebrations of new beginnings and new life. I've never thought of this before, but he said, if you think about baptism and then confirmation, marriage, ordinations. And he said, even the burial office is a celebration of new life, because even in the burial office, we are recognizing that the one we are remembering and giving thanks for is growing into a new understanding of God, into a new realization of God, into new life. So I I hold up before you the reality that we are going through a transformation right now. And he said, you know, with those transformations, there's anxiety, and it certainly is anxiety ridden. There's also joy in it. And as I think about the parish house that is no longer, I recall some of the spaces in that place that I truly loved and I miss the library, And indeed, the parish hall itself. I love walking across that creaky wood floor. (laughs) There's something about that that I will miss always. So we should mourn those things that we no longer have. But we should also give thanks for what lies ahead of us. Because God is blessing us in ways that I think we could hardly ever imagine. I could not be prouder of you than I am today. As we have come this far as a congregation, all of us giving in our own way. And I would be remiss if I did not mention we still need to raise some money. (laughs) So if you've not pledged yet, remember, every pledge, no matter the amount, is important to us. But let us give thanks this day, because today we have reached a milestone. And we are about to step out into something that is going to be so wonderful for us. But not just for us, Mark said in his sermon, these transformations, these times of transition are not just about us, but they're to help us to see that we are to give of ourselves. And that's what this parish house is about. It's not just about making it comfortable for us or for some of the staff or for the choir. Rather, it is about providing a place that will be open to all and that when they come there. They will experience hospitality of the first order. It will be a place where we can come together and prepare for ministry that takes us out of this place, out into the world, to share God's love in a very needy world. So let us give thanks this day for all that God has done. And I give thanks that you have heard God's voice. You have heard what God is calling you to, and you have acted on it. Amen.